0: chapter twenty two of the autobiography of a supertramp by william h davies this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter twenty two the Ark. i had now been two years in london at the same place and though my literary efforts had not been very successful i must confess that the conditions had not been the most unfavourable for study and no doubt i had cultivated my mind not a little by the reading of standard works the conditions of this place could not have been bettered by a person of such small means and probably i would have continued living here until i met with some success had i not known of one who would be thankful of a couple of shillings a week and resolved to make a little sacrifice that would enable me to send them To do this it was necessary to seek cheaper lodgings where rent not being so high this amount could be saved i had heard something of such a place in southwark which was under the control of the salvation army a bed was to be had there for two shillings per week therefore one and sixpence would be saved at the onset as i was now paying three and sixpence following my first impulse as usual but with much regret at having to leave a place where i had not by any means been unhappy i gathered up my few things and left and that night settled in southwark street speaking after six months experience at the salvation army lodging-house i am very sorry that i have nothing at all to say in its favour of course it was well understood by the lodgers whatever people on the outside thought that no charity was dispensed on the premises certainly the food was cheap such food as was not fit for a human being i do not know whether the place came under the control of the london county council being regarded as a charitable institution or whether in case of a surprise visit from its inspectors beds were removed in the day what i do know from experience is this that it was with difficulty that a man could find room between the beds to undress A row of fifteen or twenty beds would be so close together that they might as well be called one bed men were breathing and coughing in each other's faces and the stench of such a number of men in one room was abominable i was fortunate in having a bed next to the wall to which i could turn my face and escape the breath of the man in the next bed the officers in charge were according to my first opinion hypocrites which seemed to be verified some time after from headquarters for both the captain and his lieutenant were dismissed from the army however the captain was well liked by the lodgers and i have often seen him assist them out of his own private purse as for the lieutenant he was very gentle and fervent in prayer more so than any man i have ever heard but in conversation he had not a civil word for anyone except of course his superior officer he sometimes made his deceit so apparent that i have been forced to laugh out when the captain arrived at night or in the morning he was a married man and did not live on the premises he would stand with his back to the restaurant bar looking down the long room at the faces of his many lodgers it was at such a time that when i have looked up from my meal i have been surprised and not a little startled to see this lieutenant's pale thin face looking down through a glass window eager to see what his superior officer was doing so engrossed would he be that he would entirely forget that he exposed his deceit to the eyes of a number of men who had their faces turned towards him sometimes he would creep tiptoe to the kitchen door and peep in for an instant and then creep back to the office i have often wondered that the captain never turned and surprised him in these doings for there was not a lodger in the house that had not had one time or another seen him perform them on sunday afternoons these two the captain and his lieutenant would conduct a meeting the latter commencing it with a short prayer after which the former would preach a sermon which was i must confess often interesting and invariably eloquent in all my life i have never heard a more pathetic address and prayer than that which was delivered by this captain on one of these sunday afternoons it so chanced that in this place there lived a poor half-demented lodger who was known by the name of horace whose profession was that of a flower-seller every night this man would dress and garland himself with his unsold flowers and return home drunk to the ark now this man suddenly disappeared and at the same time a man committed suicide from london bridge which was well known to be the haunt of the man horace whereat the following sunday our captain preached a funeral oration giving for our interest a few facts he had gleaned from the past life of the deceased who the captain affirmed had received a good education and had come of a respectable family the captain wept copiously being overcome by his feelings and the lieutenant approved and encouraged him by an unusual number of sighs and broken sobs the meeting then ended with an earnest prayer for the soul of the drowned horace about six days after this meeting had taken place there came to the ark a man drivelling and laughing idiotically with wreaths and posies all over his person no other than the lamented horace the captain came out of his office followed by his lieutenant the captain looked at horace with a melancholy annoyance the lieutenant looked first at his superior officer and after receiving his expression into his own face turned it slowly on horace the captain then turned slowly on his heels at the same time shaking his head and without saying a word returned to the office while his subordinate followed him in every particular never after this did this captain treat horace as a living man and all chaff and familiar conversation was at an end between them how the captain came to the belief that the drowned suicide was horace the flower seller, was very strange this man was known to mysteriously disappear several times in the year he invariably like the drowned man he was supposed to be coming to the surface on the seventh day seven days being the extreme penalty of his simple and eccentric behaviour there was no lack of strictness at this place whether a man was ill or not whether it rained snowed or hailed every lodger was compelled to quit the premises at ten o'clock in the morning after which it would remain closed for cleaning purposes until one o'clock and yet there was not a man in the house could keep himself clean it was not thought necessary to close other establishments of this kind that were not connected with the name of religion which were kept cleaner without making the lodgers suffer any inconvenience why things should be carried out in this high-handed fashion i cannot understand seeing that there was not the least charity doled out whatever good the salvation army did for the homeless and penniless in their shelters they certainly did not cater well for these poor but independent fellows whose wages ranged from a shilling to eighteen pence a day being papermen sandwichmen toy sellers etc who received nothing but what they paid for i had been at this place something like four months when i determined to make another attempt at publication my plans at this time seemed to be very feasible For i gave them a full half-year for execution i applied at the local police station for a peddler's certificate intending to stock myself with laces pins needles and buttons with which i would hawk the country from one end to the other at the end of this time i would be some ten pounds in pocket the result of not drawing my income and would no doubt save between nine and ten shillings a week as a hawker being very impulsive i proposed starting on this interesting business at once but one idea which could not for long be overlooked brought me to a halt my artificial leg would certainly not stand the strain of this enforced march from town to town on the country roads that were so often rough and uneven for even now it was creaking and threatened at every step to break down on mentioning these difficulties to a fellow-lodger he at once advised me to go to the surgical aid society for a wooden leg of the common peg sort which he was pleased to mention would not only be more useful for such a knock about life but would not deceive people as to my true condition this society was visited by me on the following day at which place i was informed that fifteen subscription letters would be required for my purpose and after paying sixpence for a subscription book in which were the names and addresses of several thousand subscribers i lost no time in buying stamps and stationery eighteen letters were without loss of time written and posted to their destination these eighteen succeeded in bringing in two subscription letters several letters of regret from people who had already given theirs away several of my letters were returned marked not at home and a number of them elicited no response twelve more letters were quickly dispatched with the result of one subscription letter to be able to do this i was forced to use the small weekly allowance that i had been making in six weeks i had written nearly a hundred letters and was still several letters short of my allotted number i again consulted my fellow-lodger who had at first referred me to the surgical aid society and his explanation was undoubtedly reasonable and true he explained that not only was the time of the year unfavourable it being summer and most of the subscribers were away from home on their holidays but unfortunately the south african war was still in progress and numbers of soldiers were daily returning from the front in need of artificial assistance one way or another although i ruminated with some bitterness on the idea that i would almost pay in postage the value of that which i required before it became mine i still had enough common sense to see that no one was actually to blame several letters were received offering to assist me on certain conditions one lady would assist on a clergyman's recommendation and another subscriber would have no other than a roman priest i offered to get these ladies a salvation army officer's recommendation which apparently would not do for our correspondence came to an end one lady who did not recognize the house of salvation under the address of ninety six southwark street regretted that she had already given her letters away but advised me to go to the salvation army who would most certainly attend to my wants i explained to this person that i was already at one of their places and had been here over five months and that i had not been seen drunk in the place and that my behaviour had not at any time raised objections also that i was on the most friendly terms with the officer in charge but that i could live here for many years to come and no man would inquire my wants or offer to assist me one afternoon when i returned to the ark after having been out all day i was surprised to hear from a lodger that two gentlemen had been there that afternoon to see me after which another lodger came forward with the same information and still another until i was filled with curiosity to know who those gentlemen could be what did they look like i asked one like solicitors he answered what kind of looking men were they i asked of another very much like lawyers he answered at once don't forget to remember your old pals chimed in another when you come into the property first i examined my mother's side of the family and then my father's but could find no relative near or distant at home or abroad whose death would be likely to befriend me at last i went to the office but found this place closed the lieutenant being out walking and the captain not yet having arrived never in my life did i have such an excitable half-hour as this when i saw the captain coming forward smiling with an envelope in his hand i went to meet him and taking the letter in my own hand began to examine its outside of course said the captain you know who it is from not the least idea i said how should i and proceeded to open it it was a short note with a request that i should call on the charity organization between the hours of ten and eleven a m on the day following the captain went back to his office and i sat down thinking of what this would amount to again i decided to consult the canadian the lodger who had first mentioned to me the surgical aid society as to that said this man it's a wonder to me that you have not run foul of these people before now my friend who sells papers in the city was continually meddled and interfered with by these people but they gave him no assistance although they seemed curious to know all about him this information surprised me not a little but i came to the conclusion that the canadian's friend was addicted to drink and other bad habits and was an undeserving case the next morning i arose light-hearted in anticipation of hearing something to my good and was leaving the house when i saw the captain standing at the front door feeling some misgiving i turned to this gentleman and asked him point-blank what was his opinion of the charity organization well he replied slowly to give you my candid opinion although i may be mistaken the object of the charity organization is not so much to give alms as to prevent alms being wasted how i remembered these words in the light of my after experience with these people at ten o'clock punctually i was at their office in the borough road and was at once shown into a side room where i sat waiting patiently for an hour at last a gentleman in black came forward saying very politely mr davies will you please come this way i followed him up two or three flights of stairs and we entered a quiet room on the top floor seating himself at a table and taking pencil and paper he then asked me to be seated and began mr davies he said i have received a letter from a lady who has become interested in your case and wishes to better your conditions so as to answer this lady it is necessary to know something of yourself for which reason i propose asking you a few questions which of course you need not answer except you think proper this he proceeded to do at the same time making notes of my answers after answering a dozen or more questions truthfully dealing with particulars of my family and my past life he brought the case up to that time surely he said you do not live on eight shillings a week i should have thought that to be impossible as for that i answered not only has that sum been sufficient for myself but i have been able to make another an allowance of two shillings a week but have not been able to do so since i applied to the surgical aid society now tell me what is the matter with that leg asked this gentleman i should have thought that it would last for another two years at least excuse me did you get that through the society no i said it cost me twelve pounds ten shillings when i could ill afford the money but unfortunately i knew nothing then of the surgical aid society the society no doubt does a large amount of good continued this gentleman but i don't altogether agree with their methods You have written quite a number of letters he asked and i don't suppose any of the subscribers helped you with the postage sending you a trifle to defray expenses at this point he made a long pause and i began to tell him that all the help i had received was from a gentleman who having no letters left to assist me with had very considerately sent twelve stamps to help my correspondence the charity organization showed much interest at this point of the conversation and said that he thought quite a number of subscribers would have done the same as i have already said he continued i don't altogether agree in the methods of the surgical aid society their cases are maintained too long without result and allows too good an opportunity of writing begging letters not even now could i see the drift of this man's questions that he suspected me of being an impostor of writing begging letters yes i who was bitter at having to bear all this expense and was grieved at having to withhold two shillings a week from one who was very poor so that i might be enabled to do so how many letters do you now need he asked two i answered but i don't intend to be at any further expense in postage i will take in what letters i have already received and explain to the surgical aid society the difficulty i have had in trying to obtain the requisite number this ended our interview and i went away satisfied that the charity organization would come to my rescue in the near future but i did not again hear from them for over two years which will be explained in another chapter how they answered the kind lady who had become interested in me i cannot say but it could not have been other than to my discredit the day following this interview three letters were at the office all three coming by the first post one of them contained a subscription letter so that i now only lacked one of the required number one of the other letters came from the surgical aid society saying that a subscriber had forwarded to them a letter to be entered to my account and that if i would call at their office with the letters i then had the society would make up the number deficient the required number was now made up without having need to draw on the society i now took these letters to their office and in a day or two received the article which had caused me so much bother in writing letter after letter and such an expense in postage by a sad irony the worry and expense was by no means at an end as i had expected people were now returning from the continent and other places where they had spent their summer holidays letters came to me daily from people returning home some of my own letters which had been posted three four five and six weeks before were now being considered several subscription letters came to hand too late for use others wrote asking if i was still in need of assistance i was now at as great an expense as ever returning these subscription letters with thanks and writing to others to tell them that i had now succeeded in obtaining the required number letters were still coming when i left the ark for the country and it was told me afterwards that a goodly number had come been kept for a number of days and returned during my absence i was now more determined than ever to tramp the country until i was worth thirty pounds for an offer had again been made by a publisher during my stay at the ark and this offer was much the same as the other seeing that there was no other way of getting this amount than by hawking the country i determined to set out as soon as possible so when my business with the surgical aid society was at an end i spent three or four shillings on laces needles pins buttons etc and started with a light heart and not too heavy a load the canadian who had had some experience in this kind of life prophesied good results from it adding that a man situated the same way as i was need carry no other stock in trade than that which i had received from the surgical aid society and that success was assured on that very account End of chapter twenty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine